Hey there, PDX Real Estate Podcast listeners. Before we get into today's show, I've got a real quick announcement for you, and that is that my company, TTM, is still looking to buy fixers and teardowns all over the Portland metro area, even in this post-corona economy that we have going on right now. So if you have anything that comes across your desk that may not fit the retail market, we'd love to hear from you. All you got to do is go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. There's a contact us tab, fill out the information, submit it to us, and we'll give you a call. Or if you'd like to, just call us at the office, 503-224-6200, and we'd love to chat with you about the property. Now, let's get into the show. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihew from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. Welcome everybody, Masters, and uh, wherever else you are that are listening to this, we have uh, we've taken a few weeks off, but you know we've got a lot going on in this this state of ours, and uh, we've also got our own businesses that we've been running. So we took a little breather, and uh, we're back for I don't know we'll call it season four, right, of uh, Masters <laughs> in Real Estate. So what's happening, my co-host, Mr. Steve and uh, Mr. Joe? What's going on? Nothing's happened in the last four weeks, has there? No, no. Come on. I can't imagine. Right? Everything's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you had rain though. Rain is good. <laughs> oh man, it was pouring here. It's pouring here. Everybody's doing happy rain dances outside. It's, it's, it's at three in the morning. Um, I woke up because my eyelids were lighting up orange. And I'm like, what is happening? And the lightning was so bright. It's like, even if your eyes are closed, if someone shines a flashlight right in your face, your eyelids light up orange. And I opened my eyes and it was this light show going on that was hitting the smoke. And so there were like these, it was like a strobe light. It was like just flashes of, of white. It was crazy. I slept through it, <clears throat> but I did hear that it happened. Good for you. How about you, Tucker? Did you wake up? Uh, yeah, Joni woke me up and said, hey, somebody's breaking into the house. And I, <laughs> I pulled up the blinds and I said, oh, gosh, see that? you guys are paranoid. Now I know it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They've come to the burbs. <laughs> yeah, they're here for us. <laughs> Run! Run the guns! Yeah, no, it's uh, online. They're here. Hanging on our door. I knew I shouldn't have made that comment online. No, uh, no I just pulled up the blinds and I said, see? And uh, that was the end of it. So, yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty wild. So, oh. but anyway, we're back this week. We got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, life has changed a lot for us uh, in the last few weeks. No question. We've all endured a lot, seen a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, real estate seems to have been continuing to go on um, fairly unobstructed, or at least, you know, I guess we can talk about that. But um, what do we got on the agenda for today, gentlemen? We've we got, got some, all sorts of stuff. Go for it, yeah, Joe. All kinds of good stuff. Um, and uh, what's great is we had a little bit of a break. We were hitting it hard for a while. And for the viewers that say that we need to, to mix it up, we had uh, uh, the last three or four interviews were female. We had people of color. We're spreading it out. Again, our objective is not to seek out any one gender, color, 
sexual orientation or any of that. We're just looking for people who are willing to share great information, uh, who are willing to donate their time like we all do. And um, so with that break we had, uh, it allowed us to gather a whole bunch of great content. And the first one uh, that- Can I, I make one quick comment, Joe? Yeah. You just said two things that would have been great comments in your traffic jam post. <laughs> you said we were hitting it hard for a while and we're spreading it out. <laughs> there you go. It's not too a, late to put your comments in now. I thought I'd just get that in there for our listeners. So Joe had one of the most popular threads going of all time with 200 comments. Check it out. It's on his homepage. It's on yeah. his, his wall, personal wall. You know, it's been a great week. So my whole objective is there's all this people fighting on social media out there and, and shouting with a fist, right? That's their Indian name, shout with a fist. And <laughs> I want my wall to be a safe haven. Come here, laugh, post your little crazy comment and leave the day and then dive into fighting people about what's going on in the world. Uh, but you're not gonna see any of that on my wall. And uh, people loved it and you guys, you guys, meaning my friends, are hilarious. I was dying. I, I posted it and then I'm reading them thinking, these guys are funny. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty It was pretty awesome. And I, I read your comment at the very end. You said that. You said, um, you know, isn't it nice that we can all get along, have a belly laugh and not fight with each other? Because you clearly within that thread there's you know probably 150 people and not all of them agree on everything but they were agreeing on that one day to be yeah. funny together and laugh at, at laugh together so that was that was well like done well all played. the problems of the world disappeared just for that moment yeah good job joe okay so into the problems um yeah. <laughs> dive into this, the good stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh this uh steve was your post and i thought it was an amazing post and every time you you put an amazing post out it's it's difficult because you don't have to really say all that much for someone to take it down a dirt road and make it political or hate speech um, and everyone pretty much towed the line um, your post was talking about uh, you're watching uh, CBS and Nora O'Donnell uh, was talking to someone in, in, in Oregon in the interview, and the guy said, hey, I'm, I'm sick of this. Uh, if this happens again, I'm leaving, right? That was really popular uh, last election. Like, if so-and-so wins, I'm moving to Canada or moving here or moving there. Well, we're experiencing this in Oregon, and uh, your question, I'm paraphrasing, is how much of a real concern is this? Uh, are, are people fleeing Oregon? What's gonna happen to the builders, to our real estate market, to uh, the, the beauty that we all know uh, as Portland, Oregon? And um, since uh, you thought up the topic, I'll give you the first crack at it. Steve. Oh, thank you, Joe. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, and what I wanna start with is, you know, I think there's two things to consider here, perception and then the reality. I'm not debating the reality. Like we live in Oregon. We know that there's not a riot in 
There's not a riot in our in the in the suburbs, other than maybe Tucker's backyard where they were trying to break in last night. There's there's not fires everywhere. Lake Oswego wasn't on fire. You know, uh, Tigard wasn't on fire. Even though the national news kind of and it looks on a map like if you're looking at a, a map of the country, it looks like it's really close. And we were technically in evacuation areas. Um, low level evacuation areas. But so the reality isn't what I was debating. I wasn't saying, should we move or is this a terrible place to live? What I was, what I was asking is, is the perception shifting nationally? We had, um, we had a lot of great guests over the years, Tucker and I and Joe with us on, on many of them, um, who, who talked about, I mean, the one that comes to mind right offhand is Randy Sebastian. He was like, he said, you know, when I grew up in the eighties, it wasn't cool to be in Portland. You wanted to go to LA. You wanted to go to Hawaii. There was a lot of other places that are cool. And if you could, you'd get out of this place. Okay. Then he said, you know, but now this is the cool place to go where everyone's coming here. And you Tucker talked about when you were in college in Colorado, like no one was from Portland. No one wanted to go to Portland. And all of a sudden all your friends were. So what my post was asking is, is, are the tides changing? Are we slowly seeing, even though it's not happened yet, but are we seeing the first waves of Portland has issues, Portland has political issues, Portland has homelessness issues, Portland has now possibly environmental issues. I mean, <clears throat> if the weather is changing, as so many of these comments made, and if, if everything's getting a little bit warmer, we've got a lot of trees. Is, is this going to be you know, more problematic for us? So, and, if, and even if, the, again, even if that's not the reality, is the perception of the, of the nation going to be that? And if so, is that going to alter the um, influx of people that we've benefited from? Now, there was some interesting, really interesting comments on this post, and we'll go into some of those. But... Um, I want to be clear here, as realtors, which most of us are, realtors, right, Joe? Um, we benefit when people move here. Make no mistake about it. You can have a, a million debates about traffic. You can talk about prices. I mean, and let's be clear, when prices go up, we benefit too. We're, we're one of those unique industries that every time prices go up 5% year over year, we all got a raise. I'm, you know... Homes that the average homes we're closing today are in that 450-ish, give or take range. Gosh, eight years ago, they were 200. That is real commissions. That's real money. That's in addition to the equity that is for people that we serve, that's real money for us. So as our industry, when people move here, regardless of what others feel about it, we benefit from that. Okay. It also helps the prices. Conversely, when locals move away because they're frustrated with, with the area, that is going to have an impact as well, especially if, it, if it's a tipping point. So that was the general question is what is the, is the perception changing nationally? There was all sorts of great comments. I would, I would go and I'm curious to see, I think I read most of them. There's a, probably a few I missed. It felt to me it was like 50-50, right? Like, and maybe it, I even would say, I'd, I'd even say maybe it's 33%, 33%, 33% into thirds. A third said, yes, this is a problem. It's happening. And I don't know that there's anything we can do about it. A third said, no, we're still great here. People still think it's great here. They're still going to move here. And then I think the other third was saying, yeah, it's happening, but I don't care. I actually would rather there not be as many people here 
I'd rather the traffic jams not be so bad. I'd rather our market be affordable, which actually I don't 100% disagree with. I mean, I, I see a little bit of that. I, I see some, some of where they're coming from there. Um, so why don't you guys, you guys take over for a second. I'll, I'll look for some noteworthy comments here. By the way, my, my desktop's not li liking um, masters today, so I'm using my phone. So if it looks like I'm scrolling my phone, it's only because <laughs> I'm not sitting here doing some work while we're on the podcast. I'm actually looking through this thread. What do you guys got? Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you. It's your forum. I'm curious what you think. Um, okay. Regards to all of uh, so... I guess the first thing you have to look at uh, for the basics, back to the basics of any real estate market is the unemployment rate, you know, are there jobs? The interest rate, uh, you have your inventory and then you have your market trends, right? Um, if it's trending down, that's when people hunker down, remodel, wait it out, try and, you know, the, the idea is to sell high, buy low, not the reverse. So. If you take those four constants, um, that's what affects our market. Um, uh, I will say, traditionally, historically, year over year, since I've been in the business, a lot of people turn into Chicken Little uh, around October, November, because the most title transfers uh, happen between like May and September, and then, you know, the wavelength goes down and it just, it, it continues. And everybody likes to jump on the bandwagon as Chicken Little and say, the market's going down, we're going to have a bubble, it's going to crash. Well, before we had, have a crash, we hear three years uh, worth of October, November that we're going to crash. We heard it last year and we had a smoking year and we heard it the year before and we had a smoking year and we're going to start hearing it again. Um, if you look at what's going on in 2020, all of that stuff is recoupable, right? Uh, more trees will grow, homes will be rebuilt, people that lost their homes. I'm so sorry for all the people that were affected, but the air will get clear. Uh, more homes will be on the market. There's still an influx of people coming here. The grass is greener theory absolutely works. Like, Ask someone the, the first week they get a new car and they're talking about how much they love it. Ask them five years in one week after getting that car. And it's like, what do you think of your car? Well, I don't like this and it doesn't have this and Apple Play you know, has come out since then and they'll tell you all the stuff they don't like. So these native Oregonians, it's like this old car. You know, they've been here for 40, 50 years or however, however old they are if they're a native Oregonian. And they're sick of kind of what's happening, but the riots will stop. The fires will stop. What does the Oregon fires stop the riots? Didn't they? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. That's a rabbit I, hole. Yeah, that's well, a rabbit well, hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying, and I'm not connecting the two, but I, uh, but it's uh, it's interesting. One because the news cycle was so heavy on the fires that. There was no time left to cover the riots. Well, that makes those people go, what are we doing out here? And second of all, I don't think they like the smoke. <laughs> I yeah. don't think those masks cover, protect them from the smoke. So hopefully we'll see what comes back. I don't know what's going on right now, but it sure seems like it's a little bit more quiet. And, and so there are, there's an influx of people saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm moving to Texas, I'm moving to Arizona. 
Look, every state in the United States, if you unpack it, has its brain damage. They all have a top 10 fabulous things about the state. They all have a top negative things. There are states that are going bankrupt. There are states that have bad water supplies. They have rolling blackouts. You know, there's all these things going on in other places. But if you look at Portland, we will get back on track. We have some of the best summers in the world. The, the weather is that perfect temperature. It's amazing. Uh, we don't have bugs flying around as big as your hand. You know, uh, our, it's an outdoorsy state, a lot like Cal Colorado, Washington, uh, Idaho. Uh, we're basically positioned about an hour and a half from the coast or the mountain. So how ideal is that? Plus we have two major rivers, right? Portland is amazing. And then our infrastructure, if you look at it, holistically, our schools are ridiculously good. We have great parks, amazing activities and structures, concerts in the park, the, the river activity. So Portland will come back. And this is like one little tiny blip in, if you look at uh, everything on a, on a, a decade, you know, a 10 year period, this is probably the worst year of the last 10 years we've had. And it's been, hopefully will be the worst of the next 10 years. Um, but we're still going hard. And if you look at the unemployment rate, interest rate, inventory rate, and our trends, I think we're going to continue to be strong. However, all the money released to sort of undo everything that's been done the trillions of dollars for, you know, the, the PP loans and all the other stuff, you can't release $12 trillion or whatever it is and, and spend another hundred million to put downtown Portland back together. I don't know if that's a real number or not, but you can't dump all this money out and not have it cause inflation. That has to be on the horizon, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily next year. Those are my very, thoughts. very Pollyanna of you, <laughs> Joe. Yes. yes. Um, and you are dealing, but I want to. I want to. Here's what I'll say, Joe. Again, you're talking reality, and I'm not. My question wasn't about the reality of Portland. I agree with you. I, I thousand percent agree with you. We have a great place here. Okay, but is the perception in other areas changing? And not for any one of these reasons that we talked about, but maybe for a layering of reasons. Hey, you know, hey, they're in the news for this. Oh, now they're in the news for that. Oh, now they're in the news for this. Wow, that's a weird place. What do you think, Tucker? Well, we, they did make a show called Portlandia about us, right? Uh, mainly based on us being a weird place starting <laughs> off. Um, most of which was true, the way they portrayed people, right? Um, it, which seemed crazy to the outside world. But, you know, I've had a lot of people message me um, from across the country and they're like, what in the hell is going on there, right? Which means that we're being portrayed, you know, to the world like, what the hell is going on here? And then those of us that have been here for a while, like Joe said, or that, you know, we're born and bred here, we're definitely going, I don't know if I really like this new flavor that is, you know, Portland and Oregon at the moment, right? Now, over a long term, I do agree with you. I think, you know, everything ebbs and flows, right? I think that it's like a pendulum. I personally feel like we need much better leadership. 
I don't care on what side of the aisle, but we just need better leaders. And I think that will help fix some of this, but Hopefully the, the middle of the aisle. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the aisle is fine. You know, I, I, I have no problem. Um, you know, there's things on both sides that I agree with. Right. So get somebody in the middle of the aisle, but a good, just a good leader, right? Somebody that actually is good for the state can project us forward in a positive manner. And, uh, but to get back to your point, Steve, Yes, I think we're, we're put out there in a very negative light right now or in a scary light, right? In a way that, that makes people go, I don't know. Is that going to prevent people from moving here that have jobs that say you have a job here? Maybe not, but I do know that they're going, well, I don't know if I want to be downtown, right? So I think the flight to the suburbs, um, both in terms of us locally and for people coming in from out of town, I think that's real to some extent. Um, you know, but at the same time, I don't think it's causing a lot of people not to come here. I mean, we, we signed two contracts this week um, with out-of-town buyers coming in. And so, you know, that says something. I was a little concerned, to be honest with you, on one of them because I was like, well, we got these fires and we got all this stuff. Like, I thought maybe they'd be like, yeah, we're going to hold off on a little bit, you know, on whether or not Portland's really the right spot for us. Um, and to this point, that hasn't happened. But I think, yeah, we're painted in a bad light. I think there's a lot of people that are leaving right now or that are eyeing the door. I mean, there was a guy that came in my office this morning. He, I, he's eyeing the door. He's moving out of, away from Portland, um, mainly because it just doesn't align with, you know, the way he wants to live right now for the most part, which is fine. But there's also people that it does align with and they'll come in. So I think there's going to be some flushing out of people that don't want to be here. There's going to be people coming in. We're in a strange time. I think this is like the most... I mean, we say this every election year, but it's probably the most polarizing time. But I do believe at least for the next, let's call it 12 months until Portland kind of figures out what the hell is going on here, you know, and how do we fix some of these problems? I do feel like those that can leave and kind of align more politically um, will. And those that are kind of middle of the road or align more with the way Portland is politically will continue to come here. But I've never known a time in history, at least in my life, where people are really thinking about moving based on politics, right? Um, amongst other things, we have other challenges too, but it's a reality. It is happening, you know, whether you agree with the politics of it or not. So I guess to get to your point, Steve, yeah, I think we're portrayed in a bad light. I think there's probably going to be more negative than positive in terms of net people coming here over, let's say the next 12 months because of it. Over the long term, I kind of agree with Joe. Everything ebbs and flows, and eventually, you know, we'll get back to a state that's run in a better manner. We hopefully have better leadership. Um, although I tell you what, the the uh, mayor election for Portland scares the hell out of me because we've got two options, both of which are you know crazy and crazier. Um, so you know, I'm not sure where that goes. And then you know, we've had it, it's a weird time, I guess. So I, I don't know where we go from here, but I do agree, Steve the overall sentiment out there outside of Portland is that Portland's kind of a crazy place. Um, and I don't know how long term that effect lasts on us in terms of net migration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I agree with you, Joe. I mean, every place has their issues. Um, but I, I, I think it's the layering of issues that I'm concerned with. If it was just the fires, you know, we'd have be so Florida just had a hurricane. That's, you know, big deal. Or, you know, this place had that. But, um, or if it was just the political components, okay, well, California is pretty, pretty liberal too, right? Or, but, or if it was, you know, the taxation or the homelessness, I mean, but it's just, a, it feels like there's just a layering of components that is getting a lot of headlines and, and kind of 
creating this, this, uh, this really negative overall perception. You know, I, one of the, some of the comments were, well, we've got Intel and Nike and, you know, jobs are going to bring people here. Well, okay. But is that creating a challenge for those guys? Like if, if, if Intel's wooing some guy from somewhere, Austin, Texas or something, and they're like, hey, come work for us. And some other tech companies saying, well, come work for us, you know, here, or maybe it is in Austin, Texas. Are we suddenly create, having a situation where there's, there's a negative component to the job offer here? I mean, don't, I would never put that out there. I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility. Um, I want to be clear. I said this in the post. I'm, I'm not seeing it yet either. Tucker. I've got Californians that are in escrow. I've got Californians that are searching for homes and nobody's, nobody's really talking about second guessing that decision in that regards, even though I, I do have a lot of locals that I'm talking to that want to get out of here. That I am seeing. And you probably are, you, you just address that as well, Tucker. Um, and then <clears throat> I, and I'm not saying no one's going to move here. I'm just, you know, even if it's a percentage, right? Even if it's, you know, we were going to have this many people move here next year and it goes down to this many. Well, that, that's, that's a real number of people that are now no longer in our housing market. And that has some kind of impact. Um, I do 100% agree with both you guys. I don't think this is a long-term thing. Um, I think, you know, 10 years from now, we, you know, this will all be a history. It'll, be, it'll have passed. But I, I, I do have some concerns in the next couple of years, we could just see a, you know, a changing of perception of how wonderful and cool Portland is, right, wrong, or otherwise, just, just based on some of the occurrences that are happening and some of the, the press they've been getting. You know, my biggest concern is, Steve, is that I think a lot of this is, you know, it ebbs and flows, like we said, right? It's a small time, um, you know, that we're putting a magnifying glass on right now, but over the next 10 years, it's a small time. My biggest concern is taxation because right now this year, we're all going to feel it when we file our 2020 tax returns. The cat tax is a friggin' terrible thing. And that's going to be felt by businesses. You guys are going to feel it at PPG. We're feeling it for sure here in our home building business. Everybody else is as well. And so when the market, when we can quit pushing price on one side to absorb for new taxes on the other, that's going to be a problem. I've also heard rumblings that are lovely, uh, governor is trying to institute a, a transfer tax on real estate at some point, similar to what Washington has. And I heard the percentage that she threw around initially, which scares the living hell out of me. It's not, a, I mean, in no way can that be a reality based on what I heard, but you know, it's a little bit of hearsay, but also a little bit of truth to it also. So there's a point where taxation becomes too much and that's, you can't fix, right? I yeah. mean, that's one of those things that's like, once you pay an employee a certain amount of money, you can't take them down to less money. It never works, right? It explodes the whole situation. And so taxes are the same thing. They never go away. Just like a bond measure on the property taxes never go away. They just re-up it for something else. So once taxes get pressed to a certain point, that's a problem that we can't fix very easily anyway. And we have rain here a lot. And so the sunshine doesn't compensate for taxes here. Taxes are just like, oh my God, they just are what they are. And so that's the layering that really concerns me as we continue to move forward because it can't be undone. Um, so. I agree with you, Tucker. They be, and taxation has a tendency to become a death spiral doom loop where they throw out all these taxes and you forgot to, to mention the new homeless tax on anyone that makes over, what, 125000 in the metro area? Yeah, we get that little, that little fun, fun, fun 
tax too. And that's um, a revenue tax, by the way, for the businesses also. Uh, so, so you suddenly throw out all these taxes out there and somebody commented about this. They said, you know, okay, maybe people are moving here. Are the high earner, income earners moving here, right? And all of a sudden you start to lose people. And, I know, and I'm seeing these people leave. Guess what happens? Oh, now we need more taxes. We lost a bunch of people. So now you roll out some new taxes. Well, now more people move away because they're like, screw that place. It's got all these taxes. Well, now we got to raise them more because we're losing people. And that's the death spiral that, that, that can begin. And maybe we is in the early innings of, um, not to mention that when you, when we've said this a gazillion times before, but if you raise taxes on the, the prosperous, the successful, so that you can prop up the homeless, you push away the successful and you pull in the homeless. And um, anyone, I challenge anyone to tell me we haven't done that and we're not doing that. Yeah. Regardless of which side you fall on, I mean, that's just the reality of economics and taxation. You know, I mean, it's just the way it works. So that's my biggest concern. Um, you know, we can fix leaders over time, we can add better people, um, we can, you know, we're just at a, a height right now of kind of extremists, I feel like. And so that's part of the, one of the layers of issues too, but man, taxes, we really, that's an important issue. And I, I really hope that people vote with their brain and not their heart, <clears throat> excuse me, when these new taxes come up, if we can vote on them, um, because we've got a lot, we pay a lot for what the, the climate is here. And Joe, you said we got great summers. We do, but we endure eight months of rain to have those great summers. So, you know, there is that component to it as well. Um, so anyway, that's my soapbox. I think over time, this dissipates the current issues that we've been dealing with over the last four months here and more specifically over the last few weeks with the fires. But longer term, we just, we really need better leaders in this state and we really need to watch the taxation levels because that's the stuff that we can't fix. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of fixing that needs to happen. But right now, um, pertaining to your post, Steve, is we're under the microscope, right? What are we going to be in like six months? Like all this stuff is going to be rebuilt. Uh, it's going to, you know, Portland will be back on track. And some other, you know, look at New Orleans, you know, you have a massive flood every three years and hurricanes and tornadoes. But people aren't moving to New Orleans. When was the last time somebody, you met somebody who goes, I'm moving to New Orleans. That's, where, that's my dream location, right? Yeah. I, I think that's a great analogy. Like I remember after Katrina going, oh my gosh, not only are a bunch of people gonna leave that city, but who's gonna like in a, in rightfully want to move there? And, and the answer is not a lot of people. Do we wanna be that? And I don't think we will. And there wasn't, you know, Portland wasn't always uh, uh, the biggest receptor of new people. Ten years ago, someone was sticking banned Californians on all the signs because they're coming and paying <laughs> for property. And that means they were pricing Portland out. If you go way back to the 60s and 70s and Bud Lewis and all that stuff, it's like they had campaigns like, you know, Oregonians don't tan, they rust, Right. They were actively putting campaigns so people wouldn't come here and playing up the rain that's going on. I just think, you know, in the course of a 10 year period, we, you know, be careful what you read, but there was something that said Portland is the number one city that people are moving away from. I posted, I posted that, but I also said I couldn't <laughs> confirm the data. I just said it was out there, right? That yeah. was more my point. It's, it's yeah. been put out there, right? 
Yeah. And you know, so it, I know you guys, uh, Steve, I know you watched the social dilemma. Uh, Tucker, did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. So now's the time we need to be incredibly careful where we choose to receive our information and the facts of that information. So I don't know if that's true or not about Portland. All I know is right now we're under the microscope six months from now, people are going to be fleeing from Florida, right? That's the whole joke. Go to Google and type Florida man, and then just look at all the results and it will just tell you all the stupid crazy crimes people have done. You know, Florida uh, man does this and does that. And, there's like 30 Google pages worth of, of that. And anyway, we're Florida right now and we'll probably be Portland again, uh, you know, summer next year, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess a question that, that I had, like, I I mean, I think the, the, the fires are the, or whatever, I think that could be a one-off but but with the rioting and then you know the the shots being fired on a main street in our downtown that's not happening other places guys i mean there was one other place where there had been a you know there was some kind of shooting between a vigilante i think that was um wisconsin yeah that's but, got washed under the rug right but, with our conversation but 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 those places had had a a, a an event they'd had a police event in them that caused local um, situation. We haven't had that yet. We've had the worst response and the longest response. Why? We don't have the most, you know, people of color. I mean, what, what is the reason for that? I, I, I don't have a good answer. I don't think many people, what is there in our water that causes so much craziness in our population despite the fact that we haven't had one of those mass shootings, we don't have the most people of color. We, I mean, what, I don't, I don't know. So I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that I think is, is on the minds of people. Like what is, what is going on in that place? Um, that causes it to be that. So anyways, I think we can move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> if somebody ever, if somebody comes up with a good answer for that posted here, cause we're all inquiring somebody minds did. are trying to figure it out. Right? Because so. we care is yeah. the answer. I guess no one else in the country cares. We're the only city and state that cares. I, I mean, I would say that's... Unemployment not. was another answer. Yeah, I mean, that's a portion of the answer, but I, over, I mean, I think there's the, the answer is a, a melting pot of things, you know? Uh, I don't think it can be one thing, but... All right, we got to get cracking. Yeah. We spent 45 minutes on one and... It's we a good have topic, a- though. It's important. It's probably the most important topic to our, our lives, so, you know. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a valuable topic. And, and that's because that, we care, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and it's one that can fragment easily. Um, social media is not an easy place for any conversations these days. Um, so the next one we got is uh, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, September 16th, around 1141. And he said, uh, this is a seller reaching out to my buyer directly on the last day of the buyer's inspection period. The key part is that the seller is referring to him reducing his commission. Um, The guy told his client, hey, look, if it just can't work any other way, uh, I would reduce my commission if you really, really wanted me to. And the buyer said, nope, I I don't want you to reduce your commission. 
Um, so it's the seller reaching out to the buyer saying, if your broker reduces his commission, we have a deal, which this is totally outside of <laughs> all ethics and, and everything. And um, a lot of people don't know when, so in a sale, you have two parties, you have a buyer and a seller, right? Um, it is against the law for us to introduce any reduction of commissions inside of addendums because you have two people signing, the realtor doesn't sign on either side. So you cannot infuse uh, commission reductions inside of a deal between the principal and the buyer. So reductions can happen, but it's gone around the corner where it's on the listing side and you sign an addendum with that person say, hey, I, I'm, I'm willing to take less. On the flip side of that, uh, a seller can't talk directly to the buyer and say, hey, have your realtor reduce their commission. No more than a buyer can call the listing agent and say, hey, reduce your commission to, or call the seller and, and say, hey, have your broker reduce his commission 1500 bucks or whatever and we got a deal it's absolutely completely wrong it's not a difficult topic to cover because it's it's black and white um it just it amazes me the extent people go through to save a penny it's like i don't care who pays i just don't want it to be me that's sort of the the against the win-win concept you can all it's like the poker concept. I can only win if everyone around me at the table loses. And it's very hard to get to the finish line without some sort of a win-win. We're looking for you know, fairness. We're looking for a meeting of the minds. But when someone's going behind people and asking this stuff, it, you know, it very well might have been the thing that blew up this guy's own deal, you know, this seller's deal. Uh, what do you guys think? So the question as I took it was, what would you do if, okay, so there's two agents, two, buyer, seller, seller reaches directly out to the buyer and says, hey, hi, how, are you the buyer for the fourplex? Can, I, can you call me on my cell? We were close to a deal, but your broker refused to basically a key part, which is reduce the commission. So the answer is, what would you do as that agent? Um, there was great advice and um, I will read it to you. Um, Kim Parman, I tell them to respond by saying their agent can talk to you and that they don't feel comfortable speaking to the seller directly. So in other words, as the agent representing that buyer who's like, whoa, I just got this weird text from the seller, tell them, go ahead and respond and say, hey, thanks for reaching out. However, I'm not comfortable speaking directly with you. Please have your agent talk to my agent. And I think that's great advice. Somebody said, ghost them. And I don't know if that's the best advice. I mean, it's not terrible. It's well, here's a here's a better than getting involved. Plan. But <laughs> but but I, I'd worry that if they ghosted them, that maybe yeah. that it'd create bad blood between the seller and the buyer. So by just saying, hey, you know what, I'm not comfortable speaking directly to you. I think is the great best advice. Go ahead, Tucker. I, I'm curious, and maybe you guys thought of this too. You know, generally, <clears throat> seller and buyer don't have like each other's cell phone numbers, right? Like they don't have communication through a transaction. There's usually the in-betweens, which is, you know, buyer's agent, seller's agent. For that to happen, 
I don't know, did like they have an, an inspection and they were both over there chumming it up and they were chatting and like, did they have a pre-existing relationship of sorts, which is why the seller thought they could reach directly out to the buyer. And then at the same time, were they both on board with the fact that they thought maybe the buyer's agent's, you know, services were not as valuable for some reason, or maybe not, but it just seems odd to me that it would be an out of the blue call versus, or like the first conversation that they've had, right? It, it, does that seem strange to you? Like, I mean, it's possible, but. Yeah, I, I, I think did, as I technology see. advances, it's getting easier and easier to find people. I agree. Numbers. Yeah. I'm just curious. That would be a, a nuance that I would be curious about because then you're basically, I mean, either way, they're still asking for the same thing, but if it came completely out of left field and they had not had any conversation before, seems like kind of a harebrained idea that maybe a seller has and then they just go through with and then after the fact everybody looks at it and goes that was probably not the best idea you know but uh, so yeah. i didn't i didn't see how the seller got that information but if it the was selling, asked in the thread if the if the selling agent filled out the when the buyer signs it says what's your address what's your email what's your phone number all of that stuff is really meant for title but if they filled that out completely, and when I have the buyer and, and write an offer, all of that oh. stuff is blank. I found it. Yeah. How did the sellers, Brian Wickersham asked, how did the sellers get their personal direct phone number? And, and Ricardo Rodriguez said it was Facebook. So oh, he messaged oh. through Facebook. That's okay. even worse. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's bad all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, these things happen. Um, yeah. There's crazy stories. I mean, I had a client once. I mean, they go rogue on you sometimes and they just, they, they start reaching around you and trying to, um, hey, that, that's a good one for your traffic jump. Yeah, there you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going you know, rogue. That's going to be yeah. the new, that's what round she two, said. Round two tomorrow. <laughs> That's that's gonna be the new. That's what she said. It's, I'm gonna just say that's that was that's good for your traffic jam post. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they uh, they 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 go to the other party and and when it happens, there's not much you can do. And and there was some great comments that said this. This is when it's so important that you have a great relationship with your client, right? The worst scenario is this seller who's rogue gets a hold of your buyer and your buyer's also, you know, off the, off the rails, then <laughs> things get really gnarly, really fast. But if your buyer has a good relationship with you, they trust you, they know you have your, their best interest at hand, then, then you can con control the situation. You can go, Hey, let them know you appreciate them reaching out, but you, you you'd rather every the communication go through us. That's why you hired me. Boom, done. And that's going to squash that real fast. And that's what basically that came from it. Let's move on, Joe. Okay. Uh, let's see. So this is a thread that was sort of a mea copa from a thread posted earlier. Um, this particular thread uh, was started by Amy Muncy, September 15th. Um, earlier that day, she uh, just went on a, a full-blown pro-level rant about the escrow company and, and everything was delayed and she made a post that, um, look, there is a way that you could make that constructive, build a question into it, make it constructive. It wasn't constructive. There was nothing the group could have done to have answered or helped in the situation. It was just a rant. 
and I deleted it, but I didn't delete block her from the group. Um, and she went through the day and found out new information. And that was, you know, we are in a level two and for some people level three evacuation, people have lost houses. I, I personally know people that have lost houses. Um, and the air quality is terrible. You throw COVID and riots and everything else on top of it. There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives that you may not be aware of. And we more than ever need to be a little bit more lenient on timelines and, and why people aren't getting back to you. And she just said, I found out some stuff. I, I hit my boiling point and I popped and I just did a data dump uh, on masters and I'm sorry, I feel like shit. And um, anyway, uh, I like this post. Um, in a perfect world, the first post would never happen. But you deleted did, the first post, Joe. I'm reading that now. What's that? You deleted her first post, right? I did. I did. You, I deleted did you say the first, that already? Yeah. The first post. Um, and then this post came. And look, the hardest thing in society today is to admit that you're wrong or even think about the possibility that maybe you're wrong or maybe there's more things going on that you aren't considering that you don't know about and why i left this up is because it takes kind of a selfless person to say look i was having a bad day i vomited all over the place and i was wrong and here's what I know now and I feel bad about it and let's move forward. And she got um, an overwhelming response of like 380 likes and 55 comments. And the comments on this thread is very different than the comments on her first thread because people wanted to make voodoo dolls of her in the first thread. And in this thread, it's like, that is very, intuitive and introspective of you and I'm, I'm glad you did it. So um, I wanted to, to point that out. People seem to be, they'll have a good month and then one day in that month, they will just explode and they've had it up to here and what do you do? I mean, you, you only have so many people you can talk to, you go online and you blast it there and um, uh, which I'll give you guys the floor in a second, but it's sort of a good segue. There was a post the other day by a friend of all of ours, uh, Terry Sprague. He's a great participant in Masters, um, and I like him as a person. He's an outstanding uh, realtor, and he, he posted a video on Portland, and he said, hey, here's something interesting about Portland. It was late at night. I got done doing all kinds of offers and I see this post and I'm, I'm like, it's a video, what is it? And I clicked on it and it was just drone video over Portland. And you know, the first thing you do is you look to the lower right to see, okay, how long is this darn thing, right? And, <laughs> and it just said, you know, Portland is the, the state of green trees and, and you know, great waterways and here is the Willamette River and the person narrating it, um, mispronounced Willamette. I turned off the video and I said, ha, he said Willamette, you know, and then I went to bed. I didn't watch the rest of it, but if you did watch the rest of it, it did all these cuts to riots going on down in Portland. And I was like sleeping uh, and 
had no knowledge of that. Um, I woke up with a million hate, nasty grams and hate speech, you know, Russian propaganda, this, that, the other. Uh, the team read it, deleted the post, blocked it, and then told me what the reason was. And I never really watched the whole video. I did see what, I did see a snippet of it later, which it really dug into riots and such. So I called him and I said, hey man, uh, you posted a video. I commented on it and, and that was my fault, only watching five seconds because the whole world thought I watched the whole video and I approved this message. And I only watched the first five seconds. And um, Terry was mad that we can't talk about big topics that affect our market. And, you know, I, I agree with him. Uh, anytime we dig in, and it's sort of a fraction, Steve, of your topic that you posted, is are these riots affecting our market? And um, the burning down of, you know, the city of Portland and I understand his frustration. Masters isn't really the place necessarily for that type of video. And I would love to unpack heavier topics, but they go down a dirt road so quickly that they all end up getting deleted, right? The old powder keg, someone posts something. It was in Masters, remember? Someone said, how do the riots uh, downtown affect the real estate market in Portland? You just dump three paragraphs of whatever you want. And as long as you say regarding the real estate market in Portland, and then it's okay because mm -hmm. it's on topic, right? Um, that didn't make it that far and that got deleted. So I would like to talk about some of these things, but there has to be sort of a respectfulness of one another of talking about topics without promoting your politician, without, you know, taking it to that level where everybody is in the sandbox throwing sand at each other and they're all crying. So um, anyway, so uh, who, Terry's, who Terry's no longer a member no. of, of Masters, but if he wants back in, I would let him back in. Who created the video? It was just some national, someone out of our area. I mean, the Willamette being mispronounced, was that a joke or was that a, somebody? Uh, it was the narrator. I don't know who did it. Someone took, what I thought it was is just an overview of the great city of Portland and <laughs> drone photography and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, one of those, you it was know? a spoof video. It was a spoof. But, but then someone went and edited all of the rioting things evidently. Into it. Yeah. And to be fair, there's been another video circulating. That's basically all the good things, right. And it omits any of the bad stuff. And so there's been people on the other side posting that one to try and basically, you know, put their point of view in front. So you probably thought it was that video. Um, which I would be tricked to, but yeah, I thought it was a drone video of, you know, Terry does a lot of great videos and it's just starts with some drone and then they infuse, you know, where the river is and where the lake is and all the stuff. And I thought it was one of those just on Portland. And, um, anyway, I'm trying to minimize the stuff that goes here, which doesn't mean I want everything to be cotton candy and, you know, 50,000 feet. We can talk about big issues, but people really need to control their like instinctive urge to lash out and just, I'm right, you're wrong. And, uh, you know, my buddy says a quote and I can't remember what it is, but the person who's like always wrong, but never in doubt. Right. And, and, 
they're just there and they're on their scaffold. Well, if you fast forward three months, those people, like all the people last year that said our market's going to suck um, or the last couple of years in October, well, they want to be the first one to say, we're going to hit a bubble and we don't. And when they're wrong, there's no mention of it. But when they're right, they're like, I called it first. I called it. So um, anyway, just I, I think this is a good representation and a good example for all the people who lose their shit once in a while <laughs> that take a moment and just think about it. Is this post the perfect venue for an audience of 6,500 people? It's, I mean, we have a big audience, so it will be seen by lots of people and copied and shared and, and depending how bad it is, you know, saved into someone's Dropbox. So, um, it also applies to the audience too, though, Joe, right? <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I mean, you said there are posts made that are relatively benign and innocent that still go off onto dirt roads. So that is an issue as well. I mean, if the audience can behave themselves, then maybe there can be some discussions. And my post was pretty well behaved, I thought. I thought, it, yeah. There could have been people taking that down dirt roads about political. And, and for the most part, there was a few that, that kind of started to, but, but they, they, you know, it was pretty well done. So I, I appreciate that on, on my post and um, being that allows us to have those heavier discussions. If people can mind them, their manners, right. And, and be respectful and talk about the industry. This is a real estate group. It's not a political group. It's not an organ group. It's a real estate group. So keep it focused on the, the facts of real estate. Absolutely. There is carryover though. I mean, what does sure. happen sure. carries over yeah. the, the, the problem is, you know, when people take it too far, then there's rebuttal. Um, and that's why, so first of all, we've all seen Social Dilemma. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Yeah. And if you go to my wall, you will see everything's 50,000 feet. It's funny stuff. It is practically impossible for anyone to be offended from anything I post. And that's why I do it. I don't have time to bank keyboard mash and yell at someone on social media. I post my funny thing. I'm in the wind. Then I come back late at night and I'm like, oh, hey, people thought that was funny. It's, it's a little more difficult in a group when, you know, we're all motivated, vested people and want to be the best that we can possibly be and are, have a great concern for our industry. Uh, but you, the things that affect our industry are, there's like powder kegs all the way around us. You know, you talk politics and you talk riots and you talk fires and taxes. I mean, it's all around and it's very difficult uh, in, in this stream of uh, media to toe the line. And I was pretty impressed with your post because nobody really went off the rails on that. Mm -hmm. So I would like mm -hmm. to see more of that. And you I'm glad. You know what rule I live by, which I think everybody should, is if you won't say it to somebody's face, you probably shouldn't type it to them, right? You know, and, and if people did that, I think there'd be a lot more uh, discourse online that's deemed acceptable. And these, these heavier topics could get more thought out, right? Um, but the problem is, is that 
that doesn't happen. It should, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, it reminds me of Mel George, who we had on here um, a couple months ago. And she said, she had a great line. She goes, we belong to the realtor party, the realtor party. We don't, you know, th- that is our party. Like there, there's going to be times where a, a Democrat is going to have a real, our, our, our industry's best, um, uh, our, our best interest in mind. And, and that's, that's our person that day and year. And then there's other times that the other, the Republicans are going to what's best for our industry is 99% of the time going to be best for us as a person, because this is our livelihood. This is what we do. It's our clients. Um, so remember that we're all in this, all in this group, we're all in the realtor party, right? I mean, there's going to be times where we might differ on other stuff, but we should, we should all be supporting each other that way. Um, and not tearing each other apart. So I would say across, generally speaking, I would say within, I mean, as much crazy polarization as we see out on social media, it's far better within the master's group, right? I mean, I think there's, it's, it's very well um, controlled and, 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 and um, toned down. So that's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Let's go on. All right. Yeah. One more. Let's bang it out. We can put that on his, uh, (laughs) (laughs) traffic jam comment. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know which one's next. Uh, Um, the only one I'm looking at is the Lance Swanson one. Um, let's do New York style. Let's do New York style. Let's, let's Lance Swanson. He, you talk about that one and I've got, I've got two more. We'll talk five minutes on each. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lance Swanson, uh, closing is in one week. Appraisal comes back and the property is four acres, not five as advertised in the RMLS on Don't. both data input <laughs> and description. Buyer is upset. Seller says, oops, you already received the prelim though. And that said four acres. I had this happen with square footage a month ago. Same thing, but square footage. Ours was, um, it was advertised in RMLS as 2,600 square feet. Tax record said 2,000. My buyer's agent asked the listing agent, hey, you have it as 2,600 square feet. We, we are seeing tax record at 2,000. Where's the discrepancy? I don't know, but that's what we, we, the seller told me, blah, blah, blah. Appraiser, you know, three weeks later measures it. It's, sure enough, it's 2,000. Same, same general idea. We ended up, I, it, you know, and this is where in RMLS, that little disclaimer at the bottom of every page says square footage is deemed, um, oh, I forget what it says, but you guys know what it says. Basically, reliable, yeah, not. it's not reliable. It could be wrong, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't much we can do other than um, move forward or not move forward. And, and they ended up moving forward. Um, I think that's the same here. What do you guys think? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I I understand their hesitation, no question. Um, tough situation. Pay attention to your prelims, people, um, especially on lot size, I guess. Um, square footage can be a little bit different. And, you know, that's our, it's hard to know exactly with square footage, but lot size is a little more of an mm. absolute, though, too, because if you're buying acreage, you probably should pay a little more attention to the plats and things like that versus just the listing in RMLS. And so, um, yeah, square footage can be off a lot more because things are added here and there. Whereas prelims, you know, you're not going to have remodeled some more land onto your <laughs> onto your plot. plot. Yeah. I mean, that's harder to 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 have that happen. Um, 
I mean, what I were the comments it. on that one, Joe? I didn't read a lot on that one. What, 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 uh, what's the gist either. of it? I didn't either. But I think a lot of it was like, well, did it still appraise? If it still appraises, you know, should they be angry um, or should they just move forward? And obviously they're still going to be angry, but if it appraised, it appraised, you know, that was the majority of the comments. Um, I don't know. Moral of the story is if you're buying acreage, make sure you pay attention to your prelim. And if you're the agent on that, make sure that you probably review that um, fairly carefully as it comes in so that it's not an end of the road surprise for your buyer. Well, in listing agents, know your, know your property. That too. This, is, you can't this say, smears yeah. your name. Like that's, there's no scenario where you, you, you weren't sloppy and you didn't do a disservice to the business and to, to the taste on someone's mouth who's going to talk for the rest of their life about how you can't trust you know, what, what's being advertised. Yeah. I mean, that's not good for, for us. Yeah. Um, let's, let's move on to, to hang on real quick. What's oh, interesting here is real estate's the only per profession that we screw up and then, you know, we're held accountable. Like you say a listing had um, AC and it didn't. And it's like, well, it looks like I'm buying a, the buy, new buyer air conditioning or, or you include the fridge and the seller didn't want it included. Looks like I'm buying the, you know, buyer a new fridge. Well, people screw up all the time. You go buy a car and uh, you're getting down to the price and you're getting to the thing and, and you're like, hey, wait a minute. You said I had heated front seats and back seats and they're only front seats. And they're like, oh, I screwed up. If you want the back heated, that's 800 bucks more, right? In real estate, it's always like, if you're wrong, you got to fix it out of your pocket. And, and I don't like that. Uh, of course, I want the listing agent to be as accurate as possible, but it, sometimes mistakes happen and I don't think it should always be, well, it said it right here. Well, it also said this price. Did you come in at that price? It also said everything else, right? What's on the, what's on the contract. And um, I think missing an acre is, kind of a big screw up, but, uh, uh, you know, buyer beware, know your do stuff. Your due diligence. Do your due diligence, right? I mean, you're put on your big boy pants and make sure, you know, if you're buying a large asset, make sure you do proper due diligence before the finish line. Um, but I do agree. <laughs> put your best foot forward on presenting the property too, obviously. Right. Yeah. Linda Cohn had a great comment. I want to read it real quick. <clears throat> she said years ago, I had a first time home buyer go nuts because the square footage was smaller on the appraisal than, it, than what the tax records or RMLS indicated. I took him over to the house and had him walk around inside and then asked him, do you see anything different than when you were here before? And he said, no. And I said, exactly. The walls haven't moved. If you had another appraiser come, he'd measure it differently. The house is what you are buying and it did appraise of value. If the home measured bigger, would you want the seller to charge you more? He's still my client 20 years later. Great comment. And, and so while I'm still agree saying, be careful listing agents, we don't want this in our industry as do all you can to avoid it. That is a, a make sense approach to it. That's kind of the conversation similarly we had with our, our, our client and, uh, and it ended up working out. So, okay, Mark Schultz, Portland approves option to have landlords pay tenant relocation fees if rent is raised. <laughs> There's another thing. Right? <laughs> Anything to say on that one? Did you see that one, Tucker? I mean, you, I know you, you're- uh, I, I vaguely saw it. Um, I, Portland hates landlords. Let's just be honest. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So there um, isn't, there isn't. Yeah. Everybody that owns rentals in Portland, you know, that's, you know, not making a, a big business out of it is probably going to exit at some point is my guess. Just matter when. So, yeah. 
It's tough, yeah. man. I mean, this is a tough year too. I mean, I, I, I've got um, some people that I'm exiting from a, a rental, but I, I'm handing them a fat stack of cash this year and they agreed, but I told them this is their lucky year because they have all the rights in the world, um, which, you know, some of their situation is not their fault by any means, which is why I'm, I'm trying to give them a fresh start. But in Portland, it's tough. It's really tough to be a landlord right now. And it's not going to get any easier from everything that I've heard. So, yeah, you know, that and has it's, to affect and the market to some extent moving forward for that type it's of It's going to affect the rental market, right? Yeah. And it's going to have a counter effect of what they're trying to accomplish, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. less units. Less units. So. Yeah, there's not much good being said about that one. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> we'll move on. Last one, Amanda Rammer. Um, clients, di- I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, the, her clients didn't list with her due to her not being dressed up. They then called and said they want to use her after the first person didn't work out. She's inclined to say no. Thoughts? That was an interesting one. You say yes, and then you prove to them why they should have picked you to begin with. Um, yeah, I mean, all your pride, whatever. Diff- people have different, you know, perceptions of what they want. They don't know sometimes, you know. I mean, it's, I know some people. Their thing is to dress up, and some people's casual. Some people, you know, on the client side, they have a hard time differentiating like your overall knowledge base and separating that from how you are, you know, dressed on any given day. You don't want to be sloppy, but you know, they came back, right? You won. So I would take the clients and just show them how good you are. Joe, do you dress up? I forget. I, uh, so the, the parodying or human chameleon, I try and dress the audience. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. And, and when I, I sold a, uh, uh, horse boarding facility ranch. You, you took your shit kickers? Uh, I, I wore, uh, like my hiking boots, uh, just because I knew I was going to be walking through crap. Anytime I go to a rural <laughs> property with acreage, you know, I bring some jeans and I bring something. This seller was so hilarious. He said that the broker that he hired before came out in high heels and her heel kept sinking into the mud. And he said her shoes were destroyed. Every time I saw him, he told me this story. And instead of stopping him, I listened to it because it was such a treat. He was like dying. <laughs> I was laughing all over again. Um, so, you know, if, if you go to a rural property, you know, dress the part, if you're walking, tell them that's the the last five rural properties that I've gone to. And I'm talking like, and I'm not talking, you know, a a house in Stafford or Pete's mountain. I'm talking, I'm talking, you know, Estacada, Vernonia, you know, out, out in in the farmlands, tell them, Hey, you know what? I'm going to bring my shit kickers with me just in case you, so we can walk the property. They'll love it. They, they eat that up. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a great yeah. way. It's a great way to break the ice and, and have fun with them. Yeah. It's, you actually get a reverse prejudice. If you go to the country and you're in a suit, they don't like that. They don't trust you. You know, you're not like them. And she got a, a, a taste of like the different, they, they expected someone dressed to the nines and in a suit and and professional and she kind of i don't know it sounded like she dressed nice but not the most professional business attire and that was important to the age of the sellers on that thing and i guess to boil it down if they're giving her an opportunity um to list this place and show what she can do uh unless you think they're going to be very difficult people, I would do what you're hired to do. But Mm -hmm. uh, then again, um, life's too short to work with anybody that you don't like. 
So I don't know where they fall into that category with her. It, it sounded more of like a prideful thing, more than they were complete pains in the rear. But if she has that opportunity to list it and they listen to her, then I'd say do it. The other thing I would say is there's kind of a middle road dress that you can do just about, that almost works in any situation. Um, with with the farm being the exception and maybe, but but I've gone out to to some rural properties where we walked it and like it was muddy and I still wore dress or dress pants, you know, button up shirt, no tie, just kind of undone. And then I'd put my my shit kicker shoes on or boots on. Um, and you can, you can kind of, uh, you can kind of work with most audiences. So I don't feel like you necessarily 100% have to have, you know, 10 different outfits for the 10 different scenarios necessarily. Um, even though there's nothing wrong with that either, but, um, it kind of, this thread kind of started and, and I was a little disappointed. It kind of started this whole part about like, Oh no, you don't, you shouldn't have to dress up. I've never dressed up. And I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, people do b judge books by their cover. I know we say we don't, but we do. <laughs> it's Until your brand gets big enough that they don't, right? Yeah. So unless you've got yeah. that brand, you got to fall in line with the way life works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, and, and, and that's just the nature of the business you chose, right? Um, you're, you're interviewing, you know, for the biggest sale of their financial existence usually. And, you know, there's a level of professionalism that, that is expected with that. Now, not always, but, and if you want to play the game of trying to guess when that's the case and when it's not, this might happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the story is take the listing, show them what you can do and, yeah. Next, right? so awesome. Next. Okay. All right. Well, we made it through guys. Uh, good topics today. Glad we discussed the first one in detail. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, something that needed to be talked about and I think we did a great job kind of airing it out. So if anybody's got any other comments or anything, please leave them here. Uh, somebody asked if this is being recorded. Yes, it'll be here forever on masters. And then also we'll put it out in podcast form, um, Portland real estate podcast on iTunes, Google play. So just search it and you can download it there as well. Other than that, gentlemen, anything before we go? We, did you line up next Friday at HBA? Yes, we've got Ezra um, and another guest. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the uh, election stuff relating to housing um, uh, that uh, is important to note. Um, so Ezra is going to be on with us next week. Awesome. Okay. We're back at it. We're hitting it hard again. Yep. We're not spreading it out. Season four. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or five or whatever it is. But anyway. All right, guys. Thanks hey, for hey Joe, you need to come up with a new idea for... Okay. So I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, what are, what's something that could be said in, in bed and then in a traffic jam? Like you need to come up with a new one. Like, uh, and on a podcast. I was thinking about golf course, but golf course is too, it can get too naughty. There's, yeah. there's, you, you know, I, I learned that from the, that's what she said days. Like yeah. you, you, can, you just can't say that's what she said on a golf course. I'll there's too many, about it. Maybe a movie, too theater. many holes and woods and all, and all yeah, those yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, um, you think about it, come up with something, Joe, and uh, we'll be looking for it. All right. On that note. <laughs> All right. See you, see you guys. All right. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.